All Thanks, right. Guys. So you want to sit down or you want to stand? No, I like, like this. How you want to do this? You like you want to like stand? I'm ready to All box. Right. Sweet. Let's go. All right. So this is my first year at Creation. Do you have any advice for a rookie Creation person? Rookie Creation person. Yeah, I actually uh, I came as a camper 19 years ago, and then the next year I was my sophomore year of college. I was an interim youth pastor for the summer, and had the great idea of like. Let's take all the kids to creation. It'll be easy. And, uh, <laughs> this is, quote, a real conversation that happened. One of the kids had a straw on the other kid's mole. I was like, I'm sucking the piss out of this mole. This is on the drive back. I'm like, what's going on? So I, guys, I, I'm just glad I'm not in your shoes right now. That's all I'm going to say. Do you, do you have a favorite uh, vendor? Like, is there a favorite kind of food that you look for every creation? Are you? I really just look for the, the coffee tent. Oh, like, well. whoever's preventing caffeination. <laughs> Which, so, by the way, they provide free for you guys right there every about. day. So make that's sure you come in about. here and grab your cup. So, yeah, my, you? our former drummer, we had a drummer in our band uh, for 18 years. And his parents, there was a stretch there where they had been to 32 creations in a row. Because they sold jewelry up in the, they were here the very first one when it was like the Jesus Festival, so uh, it was really it was really special when we got to play here for the first time for him especially because he had, they had a special spot in the woods that they parked their camper you know and it was awesome. Do they still have the wooden Jesus thing? The wooden Jesus yeah, thing. Yeah, they had a big Jesus thing that was on the stage. Do they still have that? You know? I don't know. They look pretty cool. They should bring that back, like a real 70s retro vibe. I, I, dude, sweet. I like the 70s. There's right. A lot of good stuff happened in the yeah, 70s. I was born. It was great. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right, so you've done this so many times. What do you look forward to the most about coming to creation? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I love stuff like this because a lot of festivals, we come, we sound check, and then we're just sort of stuck at our bus. And I actually love getting to meet and talk to people. And at a lot of other festivals, it's just not conducive. There aren't really opportunities to do that. So, I mean, I I love doing this. I spoke at Camp Creation at 1 p.m. And, yeah, my, my peeps, you guys are back there doing some Muzaks. And I did some Q&A, and one guy responded, and I was like, no, I disagree with you. And he felt awkward, but... <laughs> I guess I'm kind of European that way. It's like I really love debate and I love disagreement. Like I so we will it. be taking questions and answers in a moment. Yeah, so. and you can disagree with anything I say, and I'll like you more for it. There you go. You know, and then he'll yell at you. So, um, so this is mostly youth leaders in the room. And so, what would you say to them? Um, words of advice, encouragement, anything like that? Man, I, you just can't say it enough. What you do matters. And I, I remember when I was a youth leader, I just didn't feel like it mattered because I would just, because I, I worked out of church for seven years when our band was first starting and I was head over high school worship and college worship. And then I, I led certain small groups. And I, I remember I was an intern and I was getting paid for 30 hours and I was working like 85, right? Because like every hour of the day, some kid would call me like, hey, I need a ride from here to here. And I'm going, well, it's kind of my job, so I guess I got to give you a ride. And um, just so many kids. It's been amazing for me, and I'm sure you've seen it too. But there's those kids that 
man, you just, and now they're the ones who get it. They're like, you? Man, you're the last kid I thought was listening. And, and, and they go, yeah, I wasn't at the time. Um, but it's, it's such a truth. I, who said it? Maya Angelou, maybe? Um, people won't remember what you said. They'll remember how you made them feel. And I think that's really important in youth ministry is to remember that, that they're going to remember your kindness, and they're going to remember, I mean, how many of these kids come from broken homes now, you know, how much divorce, and um, it's just what you do matters, you know. And I just, I wish, I, I know me, it was like I just felt so alone, right, just slogging and trying to be everything to all these kids, but it matters. All right, so everybody in here is real familiar with your music, but tell us, you know, tell us where you guys are at, what's going on, what's in the future, like what do you see, what's around the corner, like all that good stuff. Y'all, y'all don't even know. But we want to know. That's why. That's why we're y'all here. Y'all don't even know. Um, so this thing has happened in the last five years where I would say worship music or vertical repetitive songs have kind of like become the most dominant expression of music. And to the point where even, you know, our label is going, you guys need to start covering worship songs. And I'm going, my life is worship. Like all my songs are worship songs. Everything I do is a worship song, right? And um, I'm like, no, 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 you need to cover this other person's song that's going up the CC Light chart because there's actually more money in church songs now than there is in radio songs. Oh, absolutely. And um, and I we kind of had this, like, thing, and I go, man, I love the church, but I want to be about bringing more people into it. And so we kind of, this next record, we got a new record coming out in uh, August called No Shame. And... Uh, Dude, I just want to, there's this one song, like, I really hope is a useful tool for you guys. Um, I was watching the Grammys, and Lady Gaga said, said the name of this song. We'd already written it, and she's talking about mental health. And she was saying, I think she had the most, say what you will about Lady Gaga's life, I don't know where she's at, but her speech, I thought, was the best of the Grammys. Because she said, if you don't, if you have mental health, or you know someone that has issues, you, you, you risk the vulnerability and you find someone who's a safe person to talk to because we all need someone to talk to. And we have this song in the new record called Someone to Talk To. And it's basically an amalgam. I'm going to get emotional, but over 15 years now of being a recording artist, I probably have a thousand messages in my Instagram inbox alone of kids confessing things to me that they've never told anybody. And so I wrote this song to be like, we have to teach kids that we will be a safe place for them. More than you need to tell them what's right and wrong. They already know what Jesus thinks, right? And sometimes we think that we need to be the moral compass. The Holy Spirit will be the moral compass. Right. And we need, and, and, and we got to tell truth and all that. But um, so the verse goes, can I, can I spit a few of it for you? It goes... Uh, <laughs> So I, I put myself as a kid writing me an email, okay? Meanwhile, I just, I, just had a, I just had an old friend. This is relevant to being a creation, I think. 
um, it, it came out that he had done some inappropriate things with some minors over 10 years ago, but it passed the statute of limitations, so he wasn't able to be prosecuted. And his church had kicked him out. And he, didn't, he wasn't talking to anybody. Um, so at the, at the end of this recording of the song on the record, there's a voicemail from me to him saying, I heard about what happened. I heard you confess some really gnarly stuff and people don't know what to do with it. But I want you to know that the grace of God is stronger than the worst of your mistakes. And I will be here and I'll be a safe place for you. And I don't know where we go from here, but I, I pray that you can bring it into the light, you know? So the, the song goes, uh, when I was still just a kid, I learned the way that it is. There's things that we can confess, but some are better unsaid. I try to watch my heart, a wellspring of life, but then the waters got dark. I got addicted, conflicted. I wish that I did so much different, but now it's just how it is. Is this just how it is? And the chorus goes, can I say that I'm lonely? Or say that I'm scared. If I tell you what I'm feeling, will I still get to stay here? Because I got broken hallelujahs and lies along with truth. Can you handle my confusion? I need someone to talk to. Someone to talk to. Oh, just someone to talk to. Oh, you know. Uh, so... So we, we kind of were like, you know what, the safe thing for us to do would be to cover a bunch of Chris Tomlin songs and make a bunch of money off of it. No, honestly, and the thing is, there's not, I love worship music. I'm not getting down on that, but I felt God specifically calling me to get a little riskier, and it might mean less money in my pocket, but I want to, Jesus said I came to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free, so I want to go after those kids. In my role, and my role is to provide music that might convince them that they can talk to you, right? So, so personal question: You're dealing with students that are sending you these emails and everything. So, how important is it for you as a leader, you as a man of God, to have somebody that's a safe voice for you to speak to? It's absolutely paramount. I mean, every one of you better have someone you're confessing to. Who is it? You got that person in your head? Because if you don't have them, you're in danger. Because you are a sinner. <laughs> and, and things fester in the darkness. But secret things cannot thrive in the light. They can't. You just, the quickest way to starve addiction's power over your life is to bring into light. It's, you just suck the oxygen right out of addiction. You know, so I, I, I have several guys um, that I, we are on. And, and the cool thing is, once you start confessing your failures, then you get into like pre-confession, where you actually call them up when you go, hey, I can feel this coming on. Yep. And that's actually when you know you're really getting healthy, is because you're going, oh, I'm actually like confessing before I have to confess. And it's actually more vulnerable it's more vulnerable to go, hey, I'm feeling like I want to do this bad thing. Yeah. It's actually more vulnerable than, hey, I did this thing. I don't know. But start where you can. Good question, Sean. Thank you very much. Yeah. As I turn my mic off. So that, was, that was a really good answer, but it was the one I expected, so it was good. So in just a minute, we're going to let you guys. <laughs> Hold on. We're just going to have a moment. 
I got to stand here while he sang that. I just want you to know that. That was awesome. Um, I'm, I'm just totally geeking out over that. So in just a moment, we're going to let you guys ask questions. And so the way that we're going to do this is I'm going to let you guys line up over here. And um, I'll come over with the mic, and you can ask him in the mic. So if you have a question, you can go ahead and kind of move now. And uh, so you just go and line up there. And you cannot hold the mic, because I know how youth pastors are when they get a mic in the hand. So I will hold the mic, and you can ask the questions, okay? So just one more question. Um, how fun is it? So, so in Camp Creation, and this is a, this is a total, total um, this is for my kids in the back of the room. So all those kids that are doing worship are uh, kids that are in college, kids that are aspiring to be youth ministers. Like, what encouragement can you give the band from today? From my kids back Oh, there. man, I mean, my encouragement is that you are youth ministers. Like, you, you're just already in it, you know? And in some ways, in some ways, I feel like I was more in it when I was, like, when our band was the lowly worship team that was there for the camp for the week, you know, because I was still sort of on level playing ground with the kids, and so actually with every, with every level of like kids perceiving me as a big deal, it actually gets harder to speak to them plainly, you know, there's certain advantages that, yeah, the weird thing about fame is there are some kids that are like, wow, if he said it and he's up on that stage, it matters more, but just don't, like, don't miss this time because you're in it, and it's beautiful, and you're going to have some of the most powerful times of ministry now than you will when you're, like, in charge of more things, right? Can't, can't all the youth pastors go, oh, yeah. like, with certain things you gain, you lose certain things, you know? So just cherish it, man. It's all part of it. All right, so we're going to have some questions, so. Mike, right? Yeah, my name's Mike. What's your yeah, name? Yeah, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Mike. So, Mike. Um, hi, Stephen. Yeah, hi, Mike. <laughs> so, Mike, um, one of the songs you've done that's really... Here, come over here a little bit more because it feels weird that you're over there. No, no you can't the take the He's mic. He's a pastor. He's not giving you him the mic. can't take the mic. I just, so, I just like to so see one of So, one of the amazing songs that, that you guys did was... What, 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 was Control. And, and uh, I want to know a little bit about that song because when I heard it f at first, it just spoke to my heart about how we have to allow God to take control of everything. And it really helped me as a pastor. Um, I'm not a youth pastor. I'm a regular pastor. But it really helped me understand, you know, how God has control of us and we just have to let it go. And I just would like to know a little bit about that song because yeah. I think it's an amazing song. I'll tell you a story about the story of that song. The, the radio team at our label had selected that song as the third single off our record. So they go, hey, can you just send us a little voicemail and tell us the story behind the song? So I send them this little voicemail. They immediately call me back, and they go, you can't say that. I go, why not? They're like, it makes it sound like you weren't doing well. I go, I wasn't. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? <laughs> I will boast all the more in my weaknesses. So the power of God... It's showing that it's from him, not from me, right? Like, anyway, I, I blew it. Like, three years ago, I just, I was just chasing our band so hard. We did almost 150 shows that year. And my wife came to me, and she said, this is not going to work. <laughs> we had four, we were, well, we hadn't, we didn't have four daughters at the time. We had three daughters. We now have four daughters. Pray for me. 
And, uh, and I said, man, uh, okay, what are you saying? She goes, I don't know what I'm saying. Probably need to quit. I was like, dang it. Um, okay. Was there another option? She goes, I go, how many shows would it take? And she goes, 90. She's like, if you did 90 shows, I feel like we could have a healthy home life. So the next year we did 90 shows. And we're still here. And this year, we do, this year we're doing 75. And I'm making less money. Uh, we had guys quit the band because they said financially this isn't going to work. Um, so I had to let go of things. But what I had to say was, God, am I supposed to be famous with strangers or famous with my family first? And am I, are you calling me to sacrifice my family on the altar of this ministry? And I had an amazing, amazing mentor when I worked out of church full time. He goes, hey, you're a college kid, so I don't mind you working 80 hours a week because this is all you're doing. He goes, but when you're me and you got a family, when the service is done, go home. Because Acts 17 says God is not served by men's hands if he needed anything. But he gives to us life, breath, and all things. And I think as ministers, we can constantly be overwhelmed by the need, and therefore we justify unhealth in our own lives. But you know how, you know how like in an airplane, they go, before you put the mask on someone else, on your child, you put the mask on yourself? That feels super counterintuitive. But I've learned that if God calls me to a thing, he's going to give me the means necessary to do it in a healthy way. The problem is, the problem is not that we doubt that God's going to provide. It's what if God calls me to provide in a way that means less money and less power. But I believe that my first priority is to, you know, it says uh, children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. I heard, I heard like another guy say this. He goes, I don't like to think of my children as arrows. I like to think of them as ballistic missiles. <laughs> You know, and my number one job. And, of course, the irony of it, I wrote that song about letting go of the band. And that be last year, that was the most played song on Christian radio. And I just laughed. I go, of course it was. <laughs> because I could never have tried to write that song to, like, be successful. I was writing that song about giving up being successful. Yeah. God does that. Thanks, Stephen. So I feel silly because he kind of stole what I was going to say. <laughs> That's great. But um, last year you toured with Mercy Me. Yeah. Um, and I was at that concert over in, I think it was Reading, Pennsylvania. And at that time our church was going through just some turnover and it was just crazy and I was real hurt. And um, that song Control came on. I just want you to know how very powerful it was to me personally. And I know I'm not the only one. But sometimes as ministers we don't always get to see the fruit of what we do, um, because a lot of our, totally. our work is planting seeds, but I thought it was important to encourage you to let you know that, hey, that song really does make a difference, um, so thank you. And my daughter wants to know, are you going to do your new song tonight? We're going to do three new songs tonight, <laughs> so, and we're, we're not going to do Control. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, they're all like, we're going home. Let's Hi, Mike. I'm Jack. Um, I teach a high school Sunday school class, and what you were saying about 
writing your songs and how you're approaching it really resonated. And I want you to know that, you know, two years ago you were talking about the devotional books that you had. I picked those up. I've used them with my Sunday school class. I used the videos that you have up on YouTube talking about where your songs come from and the meaning behind them and all of that. And so I want to thank you for putting those resources out there because they mean a lot. They help a lot. And I hope you're planning on doing that with your next album, too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, our very first record, I, I mean, being working at a church, I realized, like, if a kid likes a song and then you can get that artist, like, giving a little teaching point about that song, it's like I, I would have killed for that kind of thing when I was so – all of our records, if you type in Video Journal Mike Donnie pretty much any song you could probably find a little teaching video about that song and um and I actually so a couple of years ago I started writing a book and a publisher came along blah 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 but I got a book coming out in August as well called uh finding God's life for my will instead of <laughs> asking what God's will for your life is asking for God to come change your will with his life has been sort of the thing God's been teaching me for a long time so Hi, Mike. I'm Ted. Hey, Ted. I've seen you before at the Pendel Youth Rally a couple years ago. Nice. So my, que up? my question is, but before that, I want to give you this. 2 Corinthians 5-7. Love it. That's for you, courtesy of my youth coordinator. Thank you. My question would be... Thank you, youth coordinator. <laughs> I'm a youth leader. Youth coordinator's over there. <laughs> right there with his hand up. My man. Um, my question is, where did you guys come up with your band name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the great regrets I have in my life. <laughs> So is 10th like the Ten Commandments? An avenue is the way to God? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. No, uh, we were headed to band practice, and we had been arguing about a band name for months, and we got off on the exit, and I said, how about 10th Avenue North? And, every, and everybody went, yeah, we'll change it later. <laughs> been 18 years. <laughs> no offense, but I can't tell you how many youth ministers brought us up. All right, guys, we got them from Florida tonight. They're uh, 6th Street <laughs> Southeast. Go ahead. All right. That's the Oneaters. Hi, Mike. I'm Dylan. Hi, Dylan. And uh, I just wanted to know how you tank stay. Tank tops. Oh, yeah. We kind of, we kind of match. Yeah. Uh, is, that your, is that your tank top? No, it's This not. is, no. I have poison oak oh. right here, so I'm trying to aerate as much as I can. That's no good. Yeah, you want some? <laughs> I mean, I'll take a hug, but I would. Um, so my question is, since your band has become so big, how do you stay humble, and how do you stay within God's will? You're not married. <laughs> Next question. You like, you like the layups, right? That, that, was, that was an easy one. Hi, I'm Kristen. Um, I, you mentioned earlier about um, kids, your kindness to them is more than their words. So I'm just curious about you because 
I saw your band when you were guys were small enough to play at my church. So little church. What church was that? Um, Greenford in Greenford. Ohio. Greenford Christian Church in Ohio. In Ohio. So okay. you were just starting, and my friend Steve Perry, not from Journey, said this. <laughs> <laughs> that's said, that's so unfortunate. He has to introduce himself that way. <laughs> I'm Steve Perry, not from Journey. Yeah. So he said he's the one who brought you to our church, but he said they're going to be huge. And um, when I saw you, you were so spiritual, and I mean, you were a kid then. So how, who made that, how did you get to that point at such a young age? I mean, your first, the first album that I bought had Beloved on it, and that song still moves me so much. So how, at such a young age, were you guys able to write songs like that? Who, who got you there as a, as, as a youth leader? I want to know what I can do to help make more of these kids to be like that, so passionate. You made an entire church feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and you <laughs> highest criti- highest compliment I've received all day. That is my pleasure. Okay. Um, speaking of uncomfortable, we were doing this song on the Mercy Me uh, tour. Did anyone else see that show? There's a couple of you, but. We were doing this song called Covenant, which is about, we had a whole EP called The Things We've Been Afraid to Say, which were all songs based on taboo subjects we felt like CCM wasn't willing to sing about. And obviously it didn't do well. None of you have heard of it, obviously. Um, but we did this song about, uh, it was called Covenant, which is about being honest that even though you're married, you're still able to be attracted to the opposite sex and feel those feelings but it's like what you do with those feelings that matters, right? And you submit them to the covenant, right? And uh, but I remember I was like making people uncomfortable. There's there's guys by the soundboard, and they said, man, you were talking about that song tonight, and there was this lady by the soundboard, because I go, man, I've been married 11 years. She goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I got four daughters. She's like, oh, yeah. And having four daughters is crazy. Oh, yeah. And being married is crazy, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what's really crazy about marriage? What's that? Is that sometimes you can still be attracted to other people than your spouse. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, what was the question? Uh, I, I, man, this is very nice, very high praise. I, I don't sense that about myself, that I'm like some overly spiritual person. I think, uh, I think I got to college. I grew up in the church, so I have, I had a bunch of biblical knowledge, which can be good or bad, depending on where you go with it. But, man, I met this group of kids my freshman year who just sat around and worshiped God for hours every night on our campus green. And it's a pivotal time because I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University where, like, 50% of the freshman class fails out every first semester because they're like, yeah, Mom, Dad, I'm going to a Christian college. It's got beach in the title, you know. And, <laughs> and like, I could have been getting into all kinds of stuff, and I – I mean, we'd have to have a whole other Q&A for that, but I experienced the presence of God in a way that, and can I just say this, be very careful. I, I totally believe in, like, pushing kids into their calling, but when I got to be in college at a Christian school, I didn't learn to play guitar until I was a senior in high school, 
And I always say it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got in a near-fatal car accident my senior high school. I broke my head right here, broke my back in two places, a flat line five times on the way to the hospital. Um, and two things happened. One, it made me very aware of how fragile life is. I think that woke me up to, like, having an eternal ache. I'm like, any moment, and this could be my last. And the other thing that happened was I was waiting for two months on my back for my back to heal, and I asked for a guitar simply because I was bored. Well, I get to college, and I'm the worst kid at guitar. And I met all these kids who'd been leading worship for five years. I, I tried to get on the worship team my senior year, and they cut me. And, and they should have, you know. And, but the thing is, I've noticed there's a lot of kids who actually have never had uh, experiential knowledge of Jesus and the Holy Spirit but they've been put into a leadership role at an early age because they were the only kid who knew how to play guitar. And what happens is, naturally, they love talking about Jesus. They love singing about Jesus because it gets them a lot of attention and a lot of validation. But they don't know of Jesus. And I was really gifted in the sense that before anyone would let me sing into a microphone, I experienced the presence of God singing so that it ruined me where I go, I don't care if there's 12 of us, if we experience the Holy Spirit and his power and his healing and his anointing, that's better than if I play for that whole field out there tonight. It's like that, that's what I'm after when I'm up there. I'm not like, can everybody love me? It's like, no, everyone's not going to love me. I know that because I've played before Skillet. Literally, Creation West, first time we played Creation West, I got this, like, acoustic, intimate moment, and I'm, like, singing this song, and the whole front row, like, they did, they'd never heard of us before, and the whole front row just starts going, while I'm singing, skill it, skill it, skill it, skill it. I told, I, I told uh, John last time I saw him, and he's like, oh, man, yeah, you're in Leland, right? I'm like, No. John's actually really sweet. They're very sweet people. I don't, I'm not, it's not a criticism on Skillet. It's just the fact that if I go up on stage and my goal is to get everyone to like me, then we both miss out. Because, but if I go on stage because I'm after Jesus and I want you to experience Jesus and I want to lift the shame from the captives and I want to set captives free and I want God to set every captive thing in me free and that's what we're all after together, then that's something to get excited about. Amen. You know, so, sorry, I talked way too long. You're standing there. That's good. Um, my name's Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Uh, hi again. You met out there, too. <laughs> um, so, I'll give you a little backstory before I ask the question. Yeah. Um, for my ministry, I use sign language because I'm hearing impaired, and I um, use um, sign language to music. Yeah. And one of your songs... Um, you are more. First time I ever heard it, like my heart just like, just it was like a gut wrenching, soul bearing moment with the song. And Amazing. every time I play that song, it just takes me back to feeling like I am loved and that I am more than what I've done in my past. And mm. I use that to share my testimony. I use it to share with my friends about. Um, 
what God has done for me, and um, I try to share with my my friends, but some of them aren't that receiving of that song just yet. But uh, my question is, what was your inspiration behind that song? Yeah, inspiration behind you are more. Thanks for that story, by the way. That's amazing. Um, we actually, I remember we when we were first starting out as a band, we played for a deaf ministry at this church. And I remember going, really? What's happening here? But they just cranked up the bass and the kick drum. It was, it was really cool. And uh, they were jamming, man. And um, I think, uh, yeah, the inspiration for You or More was actually so... I love, it's not that I'm critical, but I just love trying to get to the thing behind the thing. And I feel like a lot of times we just repeat and regurgitate things we've heard instead of speaking out of what we know. And I noticed in quick succession, there is a Christian movie, a Christian book, and a Christian song that all said, the choices you make make you who you are. And I remember going, Yeah, the choices you make have consequences, and they form and shape you, but there's more to the equation than that, because if that's all there is, that's just karma, right? That's just works righteousness, and I said, there's more to it. You're more than that, and even Pope John Paul II, I didn't know this, but now all my Catholic friends, they tell me, you know that song is a Pope John Paul II quote, because he said, you're more than the sum of your failures, you're the sum of the Father's love for you. And I, I love that. And I love going, hey, yeah, you've made mistakes and there's going to be consequences, but praise God, you're more than those choices. Because there's this thing called mercy and this thing called grace. And uh, yeah. What's up? What's up? All right. So I have a question. Yeah. Um, as the leader of like a band, you know, how, what's some advice you can give in starting out? Because I kind of hear a lot of crap about how you only have to play in church and it's like, really bad and unholy to play anywhere else. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. What People do say that, that to you? Yeah, I get into a lot of arguments because of my... <laughs> I mean, I would... I mean, I don't think you need to get into an argument about that. You just point to Jesus and you go, he was constantly in other places. But he was also in the church. Let's think about Jesus. We kind of like to use him depending on our argument. Jesus was with the tax collectors and the prostitutes, but he's also kicking it with the Pharisees. You know, he's, he's in the church and he's outside the church. He's, he's kicking it with people inside and he's beckoning people outside. And uh, so I would say that. Um, so what's your question? Just like, what would you, you know, what's some advice that you could give about how to properly start, you know, a band, especially as like the leader and, how to, you know, set things forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, do you want to write songs? Yeah. Do you write songs? Okay, write songs. That's okay. a good one. Um, no, no, I, I don't mean this like, like being pandering, but one of the things that we did starting out that I didn't realize was a really good idea mm -hmm. that people later told me was a lot of bands are waiting for someone to swoop in and American Idol them. And just be like, and almost unequivocally, when I talk to guys who work at labels, they're looking for bands who are just doing it. So 
people go, I want to be a recording artist. I go, cool, do you write songs? Like, no. I go, I go okay, here, if you want to be a recording artist, you ready? Write songs and record them. <laughs> and then play them for people. And if all the people in your life don't like them, write some more songs. You know? I wrote 100 songs before any of my friends wanted to hear one of the songs I'd written a second time. And that's, that's okay. Like, but... You keep writing, you keep trying, and, and you, you I, I don't know, I, get, I have different advice depending on what aspect of being in a band you're asking advice for. But I would say, F- Frederick Buechner says this, he says, your calling is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So I would say, your specificity of calling in music is going to be that place, and that's why I had to go, I'm not called to do what Chris Tomlin does because the specificity of my calling, my deepest gladness is when I feel like I see people's shame lift off their shoulders. I see that look come over their face and go, God does love me. That is where my deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And so in your music, try to find that place. Is that good? Okay, great, great. (laughs) He said that works. Got two more questions here. Hi, Mike. My name is Josh. Hi, Josh. Um, Welcome. Welcome to the handshake. (laughs) Uh, First time I saw you was at the Cathedral's tour back, I mean, years ago at Lancaster Bible College. You took my hat and wore it, which was pretty awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, (laughs) And my friend will never get over that. She keeps, every time she sees it, she's like, that's the Mike Donahue hat. And I was like, yes, it is. Um, I was waiting for you to go, and I had lice at the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that was earlier. Um, but anyways, uh, question goes back. Um, when you dropped the EP with Covenants on it, I love that song. I wanted to ask about it, and you already talked about it. But then that spawned another question of asking how you and your wife really encourage each other as you two go about this, you with your music. Um, well, what does your wife even, what does your wife do, too? She uh, parents our children. Well, then even she, more so, how do you two yeah. encourage each other uh, in, in your different fields? Because that is a full-time ministry as well. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, good question. So a girl asked me outside the little, the little K-Love tent, and she said, how do you surrender to God? I said, I don't know. Have you asked him today? And it's like, okay, what do you need today? Like, am I bitter today? Okay, I need to surrender that. Okay, is there somebody I'm mad at? Okay, I need to surrender that. Uh, is there, like, is there some temptation in my in my heart? Okay, I need to surrender that. Like, and the same thing with my wife. It's just, hey, where are you at today? And it's, that conversation really started three years ago. I was like, okay, you are before this. And so, you know, it looks like I skipped the K-Love Fan Awards this year. Because it was the only time she went on a hiking trip with her best friend to Yosemite. And, and by the way, if, any, if you know any couples who are having marital problems and they have kids, just ask the guy, usually, like, have you ever spent a long time with your kids by yourself and sent your wife somewhere? No. Do that and then reconvene. And <laughs> 80% of your issues get solved. Um, so, you know, I mean... It's just open communication. My, my wife is the best because she tells me exactly how it is. And it's, that's one of, I, I just had like a birthday toast thing a while back and my friends go, Mike, you're the guy that I'm not going to ask his opinion if I don't want to hear the truth. And 
that's how my wife is too. Like, speak the truth, but speak it in love. So, yeah. Hey. What's up? Can I hold it? Nah, oh, man. I was hoping to be the one. Uh, I'm a dad of four too, and you're okay. a dad of four. Um, yes. What are your kids' ages? Nine, nine, eight, five, and 19 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so your wife's not getting any sleep. Um, no. What do you do to help develop your kids' spiritual life with your professional life? I know a lot of us, when we're youth pastors, youth workers, we're always in other people's lives and other families' yeah. lives, and we have to balance our own, too. Yeah. What do you do in yours? Yeah, man, good question. I um, Honestly, it was harder when I worked at a church full-time. You know, uh, I had less free time working at a church down the street than I did, than I do now. Even though I tour, when I'm home, I'm home for a long time, you know. And uh, for us, like, when they're in school, we read the Jesus Storybook Bible every morning. Have you heard, have you read that book? That's amazing. Um, It's like singing silly songs on the way to school about Jesus. It's I always try to ask them, so what is, like, we, I just took a hike with my four daughters yesterday. When was that? Two days ago? It was yesterday. It was yesterday morning. We went on this long hike and, and, and trying to, like, not expect too much of them, but also God, God's going to talk to them, you know? And uh, so, like, okay, guys, we're going to hike for five minutes. We're going to be quiet, and we're just going to ask God what he wants to say to us. And then I asked them afterward, what do you feel like God said to me? Like, I don't know. But, you know, just putting in that expectation, you know, I don't know. I so, do, oh, let me say this real quick. Uh, that, your no, manager said you got to go. Okay, let's go. All right, all right. No, you no, let me tell you this. on my me, shoulder I now, do. it's okay. You got a shirt on. That's right. Um, <laughs> la, la, last, thing I, last thing I'll say, thank you guys so much for, I feel so silly sometimes being up here because you guys are in the trenches you're doing the thing, and so um, I just, again, want to thank you guys for doing hard work week in and week out, and I pray that God would just restore your joy if some of you just feel beat down or trampled on or taken advantage of by your church staff or underappreciated. Just, I felt all those things, Um, and one of the fun things my daughter asked me the other day, she said, Hey, hey, Dad, how do you know heaven's real? I said, well, why do you want to know? She goes, I don't know. I just want to know if I'm going to go there. And I said, well, did Jesus ask you to pray to get to heaven? She said, I don't know. I said, I haven't found that place in the Gospels yet. But you know what he does preach? You know he does teach you to pray is to bring heaven down. I was like, so maybe instead of worrying about getting into heaven, maybe God just wants you to worry about bringing heaven. And so now every day when we drop her off at school, her school is called Dan Mills Elementary. But we drop her off. She goes, okay, Dad, let's pray that we make Dan Mills more like heaven today. I said, it's a good prayer. It's a good prayer. Good stuff. Well, he's got to go. So make sure that uh, you let him know that you appreciate him. But do not stop him on the way out the door because he's got things to do. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate it so much. Thanks for coming in.